the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. In today's episode, I think we put out a lot of good information in today's episode, right? Yeah, we tackled a lot of common misconceptions and questions that people have for getting back into fitness, whether they were a previous athlete or whether they're brand new to it. So we covered a lot of questions coming from our listeners, which turned into some great conversation. And also from our listeners, we picked out some good reviews or Meg picked out some good reviews. Yeah, I want to share some with you guys. Thank you so much for the support. So we've got a few just at random here. We're doing a little Russian roulette with reviews here and a couple that stick out. So from Rossi999, I absolutely love this review. It says, my gut has never felt better than when I listen to these guys. They are so funny and give the best advice in a world cluttered by shit information. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. We're big on gut health. Uh, we get into a little bit more gut health stuff today, so I thought that one was appropriate. That's awesome. I know. I love you, man. Uh, this one is really, really... <laughs> this one is uh, Rose King, 1991. And they wrote, The show has given me faith that some people keep it real in life. I love the connection I have and the real-life stories they bring to the table. They can't get better than this in Kuwait, where everyone is fake. I didn't see the end of that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think it's, it's cool. It's cool. I wouldn't say everyone is fake in Kuwait, but it's nice to know that we are bringing some realness and that we do have some relatable information for people. So yeah. that's awesome. So if you want some more information, listen to the show. I'm sure you're going to love it. And a shout out to our lifting scientist, uh, Yusuf Abdullah. Thanks for listening to the show, man. Definitely listens to every show as soon as it drops. We really appreciate it. And the guy's a beast in the gym. So really appreciate it, buddy. You know, keep rocking with the listens and keep giving us your feedback and everyone else. Keep writing us reviews. And if you have any questions, DM us at any time. Guys, thank you. All this and more in today's episode. All right, I'm recording. Am I kicking off the intro? <laughs> yeah. Meg, join us from the U.S. after Costa Rica. So how is ziplining? Amazing. So we did one of the... The first thing that they had you do was like a Tarzan swing. So it's just standing up at this like platform and you just like free fall into basically what looks like you're going to slam into a bunch of trees. But it's a good way just to kind of get you used to like the, the free falling. And I've done ziplining before, but that Tarzan swing like scared the crap out of me. That was the first thing that we had to do. And then we had about 10 different zip lines that we went on. And the like second to last one, I think it was 800 meters long and you do it in like less than 40 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so intense, but you have to keep your knees tucked up like super high. If your feet drop down just a little bit, like you'll stop like halfway and then you have to like literally crawl (laughs) the rest of the way. So I was literally like my feet, I was like, were pretty much behind my head. <laughs> I was just like trying to stay up like as hard as I could so I wouldn't get stuck halfway on it. But the sights were absolutely incredible. So could you amazing. say it was an active, active vacation? I mean, a lot of people go on vacations and they, they, they say, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to be lazy, sit by the beach. Whereas you're going zip lining and... You know, I think that's, yeah, no, I think it's more I, fun when you do that stuff. Yeah, I can. We, we had two solid days where we did like nothing and just kind of laid in the beach and like went and played in the waves and that kind of stuff. Like I can't do that all day, every day. <laughs> like I just, I get really bored. <laughs> so yeah, definitely the outdoor adventure stuff is, is a better way to, I don't know, to see the country and learn more about it, I guess. And that's just my objective of it. Some people go on vacation and they want to relax the whole time. I'm like, go ahead. But my style is definitely a little bit more active, but it was funny. We spent two days in the car road tripping. You know, like to the mountains and to the area to go zip lining. It was like the one day we were in the car, it was probably like six hours in the car. And my step counter on my Fitbit was like 
20,000 steps or something. And it was just literally from the bumpy roads <laughs> driving up in the mountains. <laughs> it's like, literally, I was in the car all day. I'm like, there's no way I got in 20,000 steps today. And it was like every hour, it was like I was hitting new goals and it was just from like bouncing around in the car. So that was pretty, pretty hilarious. <laughs> so it was active, I guess, according to my Fitbit. <laughs> all right. So every, everybody out there, if you guys are entering like a step competition, just go on a bumpy road. <laughs> yeah, gravel roads, windy roads, <laughs> drive up a mountain. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I told you I jumped into the uh, CrossFit Open. I'm doing that right now. That's some intense stuff. I mean, I'd love to be vacation. This is your first year doing it, right? Yes, this is my first year. Yeah. I've already made a couple of mistakes. Not afraid to admit it. Had to repeat workout one and uh, it absolutely killed me. Couldn't walk for a day. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so word to the wise, if you're... If, huh? When you repeat it, that's a, that's a side effect. <laughs> no, I, I know. And like in less than 24 hours. You know, me and Hey were yeah. at the playground with DJ and, you know, it's over at Marouge. So they opened up a new pro- playground. I look at her, I go, look, all I need is like 20 minutes. I'm just going to go. I got to go do this workout again. I know I can do better. I just got to pace myself with her. And she's like, all right, fine. Just go do it. And, you know, I how get- much did you improve it by? Um, uh, by a full round and four wall balls. So I did seven rounds and four wall balls. The first time around, I did six rounds and like six cal. So I didn't finish the seventh round. This time I finished the seventh round and got into the wall balls. And literally, it was pacing myself. I mean, Liam was there. That's so. worth it then. I just get annoyed when people like redo it and they get like one or two more reps. And I'm just like, unless you're fighting for that top spot, that's not worth it to put your body through that. But <laughs> another round, that's, that's worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew I could do better and I'm crazy competitive. You know, like that's why I'm yeah. doing CrossFit. I'm really, if I was, if I wanted to do something for health and wellness, I wouldn't be doing CrossFit. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be okay. hands down. Like if I would do a variation, but... Yeah. You know, I just like the competitive side of it. And right. that, that's the real reason why I'm doing it. Otherwise, I'd probably do more of a strength program with like right. a workout towards the end, a hit towards the end or something, you know, just right. keeping it smart. So I'm not trashing my central nervous system and, you know, obviously not being able to walk for two days. My quads just, you know, on fire. so it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's, take, it's taken me six months. So for beginners that are going out there, I strongly recommend do scaled versions and you know pick up a good program or have a good coach, which is something we're going to talk about in this episode. Yeah, so let's jump into it. Then the steps of like beginners of getting back to the gym when you've taken some time away. But yeah, this, this, uh, this, this question at- came from uh, uh, one, one of the fans of the show. I don't know if he wants me to mention his last name, so I'll just call him by his first name, Mansoor. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I got to get back into the gym. I've been on hiatus for like six months now. How do I get back in? You know, and I was like, dude, just don't trash yourself. You know, keep that mentality. He's an ex-athlete too. So he's going to go in, go too fast, too hard and drop off after the, he'll have the three days of working hard get sore really bad. You know, come on, we've gone through this before. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I've been through these steps. You go in for three days, go too hard, too fast. And then you have the three days of soreness. You lose that momentum and it just kind of fizzles out. So what steps could you offer? And then I'll go into mine too. Yeah. I would say number one, since you've already kind of touched on it, and this is especially coming from like an ex-athlete mindset, but anybody who was maybe active previously and then has taken a long time off, I think the first thing just mindset wise is don't look at what you used to be able to do. <laughs> look at what you're currently doing now. Like what is your level of fitness now? So it's it's hard for those ex-athletes or somebody who was really active before to be like, oh, but I was lifting this weight and I was doing it this many times or oh, I was running, you know, 
this many miles or, I, you know, like all these different benchmarks and stuff that they had met and they go back into working out and they, they try to jump right back in where they left off. And it's like, mm, nope, remember what it took you to build up to that. <laughs> also, there's like an aging factor and, you know, all kinds of other things that your, your body hasn't been exposed to for a while. So be patient with yourself and just look at where you're starting now where you would like to go, but just really be honest with yourself. And that was like a conversation I know we've talked about before in our CrossFit episode, I think with me coming back after, you know, rhabdo and all those kinds of things, I was extremely frustrated with what I used to be able to do. And it took a lot, a lot of mental strength, I think, just to accept where I was and start there. And then that's when the results started coming faster is when you can just really accept the level that you are playing at. So mindset, number one, I would say that just don't look at what you used to be able to do. Really start with where you're at right now. Yeah, no, I mean, the mindset part of it, you're right. You know, you hit the nail on the head. And I think one thing that I could add to it is as an ex-athlete, you know, being an ex-baseball player, soccer, all of that coupled into each other, just go into it with an open mind and do the mundane things. Like you said, if you have to go mm. back to doing, you know, air squats, you know, do the air squats. Don't throw a hundred kilos on maybe. the bar. Walking, exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah, like get right? to get to the get through the routine part of it. You know, I think yeah. the routine I think a lot of people forget that once you build a routine, I think it's like what, twenty nine days to actually build a routine and get it set in stone. Or I've always gone with a week. Like for me, if I get a week out of the way of doing something, yeah. then the routine's built in and it's not it's not a chore. It's something that I enjoy yeah. doing at that point. Right. And if you right. enjoy doing... It should always be something that you enjoy. Like when we're talking routines and stuff, like some people are like, oh, you should just do it so much that it becomes like an autopilot thing. And I'm like, no, that sounds horrible. Like, I don't want to do anything on autopilot. I don't want to just like go through the motions of a day or go through like... It should be something that you enjoy, something that you look forward to doing and something that you do because you know that like you value it. It's going to make you feel good. Like you understand the direction that you're going. So I think the first step with that is just decide and define like, why are you wanting to get back into the gym? Why are you wanting to get healthy again? Why are you wanting to work out? Like decide and define what that is. And that's going to help you figure out that schedule and that routine. And hopefully it's something that you enjoy. Yeah. I mean, if you get to that point, then, you know, you'll get into the routine of it, get into the scheduling of it. And I mean, for me, you know, I was, I was 116 kilos. I couldn't run after my friggin' one-year-old. So that, yeah. that, that to me was a, it was a wake-up call. And I was like, all right, you know what? This is why I'm doing it. I set my right. routine with Haya where I'd get home from work. Me and her would walk to the gym together. So that was part of the plan. And it was like, if there it. was a night that I didn't feel like going, she would talk me into it. So I would, I would definitely advocate get a gym buddy. You know, you, yeah. you'd be surprised how much easier it is to work out or at least go to the workout with someone that you can laugh with, talk with. And we used to walk to the gym, you know, and it made it that much better because by the time you get to the gym, you're already kind of warmed up and you're ready to go. Yeah, totally. And you get out of the mindset of, oh, do I really have to? You know, like once you get there, it's like, all right, you know, let's kick this workout's ass. So, and we've talked about that before too. It's like that mindset of, getting there is hard. Like, right. You're in the moment you're at, you're after a day of work or whatever in the morning, like you're on your couch, you're in your bed, you're comfortable. And the thought of getting up and going to do it sounds just kind of hard. It doesn't like you don't want to do it. But when you do take that action, it's like, once you get there, you're fine. So like you said, like a walk there, like, and sometimes even, that's why I say, even starting with a walk is okay. Of just getting out of the house and just making that much of an effort of going and walking around for a little bit, whether you come right back home after that, or you actually, you know, do your workout after that, whatever it is, like start with whatever level you're at, but just taking that action makes it a lot easier to continue on because then you always feel good after that. Like no one's going to finish that walk and be like, oh, I wish I would have just stayed on my couch. Like <laughs> generally that's not the feeling that you get 
after doing something, you know, gentle like that. Yeah. But yeah. I like what you, what you touched on with like you guys talking about the structure that you needed in place to make it happen. And that's, so I'd say decide and define why you want to get back into working out first of all. And then the next thing is organize. Like what structures do you need in place? Maybe you have to pack your bag the night before. Maybe you need to find a gym that's close to home or close to work or something that's going to be on the way. Like look for all those reasons and obstacles of why you're not doing it and kind of figure out what structures do you need in place that's going to actually help you follow through to doing it. I was just going to hit on the excuses people make, especially yeah. when you talk about like one of the biggest excuses, oh, there, you know, I go to this gym, but it's too far from my house. All right, well, why aren't you signed up to something closer to your house? Like I tell right. people all the time, convenience is key, especially when it comes to a gym. And the more convenient it is for you, the easier it's going to be to go to. So eliminate right. some of those excuses, like you said. And I think one of the number one, one of the number one excuses that I've heard when I was doing PTs and when I finished doing PTs was, oh, well, if I'm going to try and lead a healthier lifestyle, I got to get a gym membership. I got to find a trainer. I got to get the right clothes. I got to get, you know, all the supplements. I'm like, dude, you don't need any of that to start kind of walking or just, you know, doing something at home, whether it's body weight or whatever, you know, get into, get into that mentality a little bit. And once you get into that mentality, it's going to feed itself because once you can do 10 pushups, it's like, wow, I'm doing 10 pushups. I never thought I could do this before. Then you're moving on to 15 then 20, then 30. And then all of a sudden you're at 70 pushups and it's like, wow, you know, 34 years right. old and I'm the right. fittest that I've ever been in my life. So I think that's one of the biggest things is like you said, eliminate the excuses. And one of them is convenience for me. And you don't need special tights or whatever it is to go to the gym. You can literally work out in anything. You can work out in your own home. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the other thing too. If you want to do it from home, if you want to, whatever it is, look for whatever space and structure that you need to set that up. So if you're going to do it from home, then you need to create the space that it's done and you need to, yeah, put the structure in place to get it done. And then I would say, second to that, like the, the excuses on that, using the word no, you're going to have to get comfortable using the word no a little bit more often, right? You're going to have to give yourself a little bit of a filter question when, when things come up, you know, that kind of tempts you to want to skip your active time or want to skip the gym time. Give yourself that filter question. Like, is this going to help me get to whatever it is you decided and defined that was the reason that you wanted to get back into working out? And, and if the answer is yes, then go ahead and carry on with that thing. And if the answer is no, it's like stick to what you're committed to and what you set out to do. So I think a lot of people getting comfortable using the word no <laughs> um, is part of it for getting back into the routine. There's a lot of stuff of just like, but that's part of that deciding and defining, right? Is define what you're willing to give up at this point. And if you're not willing to give up, you know, going out to dinner every single night with friends or whatever, then where's something else in the structure in the day that you, that you are willing to give up to where you can work that time in. And, you know, over time, then you can start to kind of find that balance between the social obligations, between your health, between your work, between your family life, whatever it is. But getting comfortable using the word no, I think is something for a lot of people too, when they are getting back into the gym. Yeah. And I think you hit, you hit on a point that I wanted to talk about too, where a lot of guys here or a lot of guys that I talk to say, oh, I just don't have the time because I have d one I have this, right. I have that. And right. I, literally this conversation, because I have another question followed up later on by someone else that was, you know, that t approached me on a similar topic. And I was like, look, right. yeah, you have your d one And if you're doing that every day and it encompasses sitting down, and, you know, eating hardies, playing video games, like I'm not telling you it's bad food or this is bad or it's a bad habit. You know, maybe you need that mentally, but you want to think about the risk versus reward. 
you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to sit down for another, say you sat down for seven hours of work and then you sat down for two or three hours in the car and then you're going to sit down later on at night with your friends eating hardies and playing video games or watching the football match, like kind of got to reevaluate some of these things. You know, I know some of the older people that I knew in the States would walk around and listen to the Red Sox game. You know, and Uh it was, you know, it was it was something they did so that they weren't sitting on their couch, which is a good routine to follow. And for your friends, you can build that Diwania atmosphere at the gym. And I think it's pretty cool, you know, because you could go to the gym. Once you make friends, you make a whole new echelon of friends. Like all your friends are new. They all have a different mentality. They're all probably in that mindset and you learn from that. I mean, you've been in the gym scene probably just as long as me. So it's it's something you learn from. Oh, and I've got friends with people that, shit, I would have never crossed paths with these people right? any other way. <laughs> and I'm like so grateful for it because so many different backgrounds and so many personalities and stuff, you know, and you look at like the typical, like who, you know, who my friends were in high school, who my friends were in college and, and none of these people really fit in with like those groups that I was exposed to in those times. So it's just, I absolutely love it. But it's funny, we used to joke all the time running the women's gym in Kuwait. And we would always joke that like, that was like our duania because, you know, the men typically have their duanias that they're going to throughout the week. And the girls, it was like, they would come and do the workout and they'd all be, they were like little gym rats. They were hanging out there for you know, yeah. like three, four hours, like a day. But it was cool because it was just this open, nice atmosphere where everyone can just be relaxed and we're moving and we're playing and we're having fun and we're testing, you know, abilities and just good conversation comes up through it. So it's very healthy social connection. But if you're a duania, something where it's like parties and video games where you're not really even talking to other people, like I would say, where's even like the social health benefit in that? You know, I, sometimes 100% going to grab a cup of coffee can be just as healthy as going to the gym, depending on the you know, conversation that you're having, you know, maybe it's something that you need at that time. But yeah, I would say just look at the the health benefits that you're getting from those little parts of your daily life. Yeah. And Re- I, reevaluate. No, exactly. And I think for some of the, the guy who asked me this question specifically was a high level athlete at one point. So yeah. I think the other thing is, you know, when you make friends at the gym and yeah. that becomes your social scene, so to speak, you're going to start learning from the younger guys. And honestly, I've learned a lot over the last seven months from younger kids because let's face it, they're getting the fresh information, you know, like, like, let's be realistic. They are more in depth in what's new and what's coming out versus what we're going to see. Yeah, we read all these articles and studies and everything, but their information is so much different than what we had 10 years ago and what we have right now for our age group. And, you know, take it as an opportunity to get back into it, learn and reevaluate, you know, certain aspects of your workout routine too and get right. over the intimidation factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people they have that fear they're like, "Oh, I need to get in shape before I go to the gym," which doesn't make any sense to I me. I know, right? <laughs> Just like you have a you have a body, that's the only requirement. That's the only requirement. And anybody is going to be excited to see anybody coming in there and cuz anybody who's in the gym, they value their health, they value their body and and how they're moving they know that it's something good. So anybody who's coming in to do that, they're going to be welcoming of it. Like nobody is judging you. Nobody is, you know, if anything, they want to, they want to try to help you. And if you're that intimidated of going in and not knowing what to do on your own, then that's when I would say where like group classes can be really good just to build up some confidence and getting around people and kind of getting that sense of community or getting a personal trainer that can help you walk you through, you know, just getting a little bit more confidence 
in how you move your body, just getting a little bit of a, a background. But to get in shape before you go to the gym or being intimidated by it, that's just a big story, I think, that kind of gets played around in our heads, but it's not necessarily the truth. And it depends on the gym environment too. I mean, it's there's some gyms, I'll be honest, I've walked into some gyms too, and it's not a pleasant environment. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, so that's, that's very true. You know, that's where you go in and you you check things out. So there's a convenience factor of yes, of like find something that is convenient for you, but like also like find a space that you all that you enjoy. And if that's a little bit of a further trip for you, again, that goes back to evaluating your structure and deciding and defining what you really want. And hopefully it all it all works out. Because like you'll find a way to make it work. No, exactly. <laughs> it's really what you want. No, you're right. You're right. And I mean, for some of the guys, especially the competitive ones, I think even for myself, going to a new gym. It can be intimidating for me. And I've been going to gyms for almost 20 years now. And it's like you walk in, especially like some of the gyms here in Kuwait. If you go to the big box gyms, you go in there and they're like, you get the big guys, like the really big guys, the ones that are like magazine type of deals. And it's, yeah, it's intimidating for me. You know, like it's definitely intimidating for me. Yeah, But they're worried about their workout, you know, and if they come over and they're not going to make fun of you, they're not going to laugh at you. You know, you could be doing something crazy as long as you're not, you know, doing, I think, like glute exercises on the uh, assisted pull-up machine, <laughs> you know, like right, 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 no one's right. going to really say anything to you. And-, and YouTube has a lot of videos that can help you. you know, like if you see a machine yeah. and you're like, what the hell does that do? Like, you know, just do a little research. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I had a client and I was going to run her through some like barbell movements and stuff. And so I'd sent her a list of all the movements that we were going to be doing, actually look things up and kind of research a little bit. And and, it, and she asked for and wanted to do that. And so I thought that was really cool. So if you're unsure, just, yeah, kind of start looking up some some videos and things and just build a little confidence that way of just like looking at something and at least being able to identify, you know, what it's working or what it's for. Coming from the ex-athlete perspective as well, like the thing that can be hard for a lot is that when, you, when you're in that athlete's or athletic environment, right? You're working out as a team and there's a goal, right? There's a, a game, a competition, something that's coming up that you're all working towards and you've got that accountability. So I think, you know, we've kind of touched on how do you rebuild those kinds of things when you go in now, you're just doing it for general health and wellness and on your own. Like, again, what's your goal? Define that. What are you working towards? And, you know, the accountability factor, find yourself a gym buddy, or maybe it's the group classes or something that kind of helps build that team environment again for you that you were so used to working out in for such a long time. And for me, that's what it was for me. I, that's why CrossFit worked so well after swimming was because it had that group environment and then there was competitions to train for. So it was like, I was still had, a, you know, like this purpose. And then over time that's evolved and where I, I don't really do CrossFit anymore. And I enjoy working out by myself and I've got different goals and things, but that took a long time to just explore. But the perfect way to get into it was going through the, the group training and having that goal in mind. No, it definitely makes a difference. I think you hit the nail on the head. and I think that sums it up really well for people yeah. trying to get back into it. I would say the last thing, if you struggle, like we, we do tend to be more likely to get something done when we actually like write it down and schedule it like an appointment. So whether it's like in your planner, in your phone or something. So I'd say last case, like after you've defined what you want, you've organized how it's going to fit into your schedule, you've said no to the things that you need to say no to, <laughs> then I would say mark it down, mark it down like an appointment and put it in your planner. Like the, I, tomorrow, 7am, I'm going for a walk or, you know, tomorrow, 6pm, I'm joining this class, whatever it is, schedule it and have it in your planner. And that way, when you look at it, it's, it's a commitment and it's there and treat it like an appointment. It doesn't have to be a crazy workout. It doesn't have to be something that kicks your butt to get back into it. It can be something just as easy as like you said, going for a walk, doing some air squats with some pushups, doing body weight movements. I mean, like you said, there are some really good resources out there. There's a lot of free resources 
out there on YouTube. We were talking about this earlier, like Athlean X. I mean, that guy puts out solid material. You know, he puts out really solid material in terms of body weight movements, how to move in a functional way. So, I mean, that's a resource that I've gone to in the past and I still go to today because the dude's legit. He's an ex-physiotherapist and, you know, he puts down great stuff. Go to Meg's, you know, Meg's Instagram handle. <laughs> you know, you put down a lot of movement stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's worth... I am going to, because I'm, I'm coming off of a little break myself. So, I'm easing back into it. Like, I've been traveling. I've been living out of a suitcase since December 15th. I haven't stayed in a place more than 10 days at a time right now. So, like, I'm still moving every day, but it's not too what my body would like and what it's used to, right? So I will be posting a lot more stuff. I'll take you guys on the journey with me of kind of easing back into the gym. And and my goals for me right now is that, yeah, like walks are totally acceptable if I get out for a walk you know, during the day. It's winter here too. So it's like, if I get that in, like that's awesome. And the other things are just going to be hydrating. If you're new to working out again and you're going in, you're going to join some classes, make sure you're really well hydrated because that's going to help with the inflammation because you're going to experience some inflammation once you're putting the body under a new kind of physical stress that it hasn't been under for a long time work in plenty of those active recovery days. So like going for the walks, maybe going for a swim, maybe biking, something like that, something gentle. Maybe that's what your first couple of weeks of getting back into the gym looks like is what we would consider an active recovery day and take it easy, ease into it. So lots of hydrating and then lots of stretching and moving around. Just explore explore where your body is right now so that when you go into exactly. some of the more intense yep. things, you know what you're working with. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, if you're 34 years old, because I'm talking to you directly, buddy, <laughs> if you're 34 years old, <laughs> don't go in like a bat out of hell. Go in easy. Yeah. Remember, your body's completely different. You know, your stress levels are different. Your sleep, right. if it's not in check, get it in check. You know, there are all these little right. things that will add to yeah. you, you know, creating this ritual, so to speak. I call my gym routine is a ritual for me. Like, oh, 100%. It's, it's very ritualistic yeah. for me. 100%. It works. <laughs> so like, yeah. like, like yeah. dude, just, you know, DM us or call us if you need any more insight, you know, because it's, yeah, we've, we've all been there and, you know, you can gain off of our experience and Meg's going through it right now. So we know what, we know what your list yeah, is right now. <laughs> yeah. It's never ending. It's just, I don't know, sometimes life, you know, is, the structure is in place. But like, like I said, I haven't been in a single place long enough to really get a solid routine of like going to the same place or yeah. having the same equipment or being in the same environment. But again, every day I still move. And some days that's just my body weight here on the living room floor. <laughs> sometimes it's out going for a walk. Sometimes it's just some stretches first thing. Like you still take what you have and you move with it every day. But yeah, start out easy and... I can't wait to get back to the weights. <laughs> I bought a membership at a bouldering gym here. So I'm going to get into that a little bit too. Ooh, that sounds I'm like excited. fun. So you're going to come back on the show and talk about yeah. the gym life over in the States? I really hope so. <laughs> I mean, because I'm assuming you guys are like five five years ahead of us. <laughs> so I want to see, right? see what's going on at the gyms right now in the States. Because when I was there, I just went to a CrossFit box. It was like dirty, yeah. nasty, sweaty. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of nice CrossFit boxes now. Like I recently went back and visited my own, my old one in Omaha. And that one, I mean, when we started, I was there, like I helped put the tiles in the place. Like it was, it was a total shit box when we started, but now it's, I mean, it's incredible. It's amazing. Uh, the way it's, it's kind of transformed and you just see what people want, but looking at the gyms around here, justifying how much you pay for a CrossFit gym, cause they are quite expensive. You do get some great, great coaching you know, if you do your resource and find, find the gyms that are doing well, the good programming and stuff like that. So you can get some great programming. You can get some great equipment, some great space. 
and get that community aspect where it makes things like, you know, working that into your schedule and like all those benefits that we were talking about before. So you can justify it. Um, but I chose to, to get out of the CrossFit gym, even though like, that's what I wanted. I'm like, I want like the CrossFit gym set up. I know I can use that equipment. I know my way around that. I'm comfortable with that environment. Um, but I just don't want to do the group classes all the time. But the place I found, it's got the bouldering, it's got a yoga studio, and it's got like the open CrossFit gym equipment and kind of space. So it's like the best of, of all the worlds. And it's got a sauna too, which you don't find in a lot of CrossFit gyms. Oh, that's so, so sweet, dude. That. that is awesome. That is awesome. I totally wasted like, I totally like got a shitty membership just for a sauna. So like, that's yeah. awesome. Like when you can get a CrossFit <laughs> box with a sauna, it's a plus. I've been pretty big deal. I mean, you know, the gym I go to, I've been like, dude, just get a sauna, please, please. So I signed up at another yeah. gym last year and you know, it's, it's a decent gym. It's just, their just cross, for the sauna. Just for the sauna. <laughs> and they have a CrossFit box, but their space is extremely yeah. limited. And it's like, dude, yeah. I, I go in there to work out and I can't even work out. It's like, oh my God, I basically wor- wasted all this money you know, for a sauna and for this, you know, the pool and everything. And it's just not, it's not working for me. So like, good for you, man. (laughs) Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I was excited. It's an investment too. Let's say like gym memberships and things like that. Just look at what you're willing to, again, what you're working towards and what you're willing to put in. And and again, that means maybe saying no, like a higher gym membership somewhere that's got all the bells and whistles and things that you want, then what do you, you maybe going to have to say no to in order to <laughs> make that happen. I know, right? Um, and it probably and it probably is something like less coffee, you know, going out, less going out to eat, you know, something along those lines, which is totally cool. Yeah, it'll make a difference. Yeah. So yeah. moving on to that, to probably like the yeah. number two hottest question in the fitness industry, right? <laughs> something that a lot of people here in Kuwait ask me about. And it was my buddy, uh, Boudries, and I'm just going to call him Boudries, all right? Because <laughs> I saw that. When you attack that, and I was like, am I supposed to know that name? I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, you might be a little iffy about me bringing that up on the show. And guys, if you guys have a question and you DM us, all right, let us know if if it's okay to use your name, if you want us to use your full name or an alias or whatever. Your preferred name. Yeah, your preferred name on the show. That's, you know, it's it's a lot better. That way we know what to do. So I'm just going to call you that. But he asked me, can I lose fat and gain muscle at the same time? Now that that's in my wheelhouse, so to speak, because I've been up that alley so many times. So I want to hear your perspective on it and then I'll give you mine. I, yeah, absolutely. Losing fat and gaining muscle a hundred percent. I would say with strength training, (laughs) it's like a big factor (laughs) in that. If that's your goal is to lose some fat and gain some muscle, then I think strength training is, is going to be probably the, the best avenue for that. I think, Cardio promotes some fat loss, but the benefits that you get through strength training just far outweighs that rather than just relying on cardio. So I think it's the best of both worlds. I think having a little bit of cardio with some strength training is going to be the best way to ensure that you're, you're losing fat and getting muscle. But I will say that the biggest thing that can kill that too, again, is going back to the, the inflammation in your body. And that's going to be through your diet. That's going to be through your sleep. And that's going to be through the way you structure those workouts and that movement. So that's my take on fat and muscle. I think absolutely 100% is possible. Strength training is going to be the key to it. But just don't forget what can undermine that that process. And that would be nutrition and, and sleep. You're 100% right. I, the only thing I would add to it is like, look, a lot of people go into it with the mindset of, all right, I'm going to do my strength training for 30 minutes. And then I'm going to go over and jump on the treadmill for an hour. Okay, you jump on the treadmill for an hour. Right. Yes, you're definitely going to see weight loss. You're definitely going to lose weight. You're right. not necessarily always going to lose muscle from it, but you're going to reduce your weight for what? Maybe three, four, five weeks tops from doing cardio alone yeah. and yeah. you know, 
trying to be reliant on that versus when you go into strength training, it's always kind of, you always see these small goals. Like you always win. You're, you're always winning every couple of weeks because you're probably getting stronger at a lift or, you know, you're moving faster. And the best programs that have worked for my body type, and I'm saying specifically for me is, you know, and this is when I was in the, I'm trying to lose fat and, you know, get the physique type of deal was full body three times a week with two days of high intensity interval training, but not your typical hit on a treadmill. No, it would be 15 wind sprints. You know, I would do a wind sprint for say about a hundred meters and then walk for 50 meters and recuperate and get those fast twitch muscle fibers going in my body because that was just sending a different signal. Now, my body, your yeah. body can only handle that really two times a week, depending on what, you know, what type of person you are, because you're frying your CNS. When you do something that high intensive where you're going 100 meters all out sprint, that's, that's, that's hefty on the system, right? You know, you, you can't really get yeah. away with doing that every day. And I tried to get away with it every day and it just did not work out. <laughs> like it really did it. Yeah. Like a long time ago. That's what I, I built that routine and it was like, dude, something's wrong here. And you'll see the way your body reacts and your recovery is not the same. Your soreness is a lot more versus if you're doing full body three times a week and then you do say a day with 15 wind sprints and then you go back to your full body the next day and then you do another day with something as simple as jump rope, you know, do different variations with jump yep. rope. Or ladder drills are a good one because you're working on footwork coordination. Like those are things that used to be my go-to to get that hit in because just doing it on a treadmill, man, like it's so freaking boring and it's boring. not, yeah. And, it, <laughs> yeah. and you're, you're not really, you know, you're training one system, you're training one modality versus when you're doing wind sprints, like have you guys ever seen a sprinter's body? Like they're ripped, <laughs> you know, like if, if you look at a sprinter's body, it's because they're training different muscle fibers. And when you get into that, to me, I think you're going to lose, you're going to lose more fat because you're putting on more muscle during that time. You're using different muscles. Right. Well, the type of hit training that you're doing and then the total body strength training, I mean, that's the stuff that's going to promote that lean, lean body mass. And that's cardio doesn't support that as well. Like, right. The muscle adaptations and the change in the shape that most of us are looking for, that's going to come through that type of movement and, and working just you know, running on a treadmill or elliptical for an hour or something isn't, isn't going to give you the, the muscle shape and the, the skin tightness and yeah. a lot of the other benefits that strength training can when it comes to, you know, changing the shape between your body fat and your lean muscle mass. So yeah, I think that's excellent advice. Everything you just and, said. And, and to, to the other question of that always comes with this is how do I get abs? Dude, you get abs by what you put in your mouth. <laughs> like seriously, a lot of it <laughs> abs is... Abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Abs, are, abs are literally kind of made in the yeah. kitchen. And I mean, have a good core routine. Like I would say, I call it core routine because I think that's more valuable than just doing crunches. Crunches are going to get you nowhere. Like you'll get the top part of your abs to define out. But if you don't have obliques, mm. You know, you're, you're missing out because obliques do a lot, you know, so. Well, that's the, that's the big misconception though about core is that when we refer to the core, everyone thinks of it as just the six pack muscles, but your core is, I argue that your core is more your spine (laughs) 
if we want to talk the foundation of something, I think a lot of it starts from there. So you have to remember that there's a back to your core. There's the sides that you're talking about, you know, your leaks and you have the front, like your breathing muscle is also included in your core. So breath work is a big part of core training. Yeah. Um, spinal mobility is a big part of core training, rotation and, and all kinds of stuff, coordinating in, in different ways. All your movement comes from your trunk. So you have to train your core yep. as the whole cylinder that it is and not just these front six pack muscles. So that's a big misconception of core. People think that this is the way to get yeah those muscles to build or, or to lose belly fat or something there. But um, no. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Not like, it. Simply put, no. <laughs> it's like you could do you could do as many hanging sit ups as you want to do, but like if you're not, because for me, like when I train yeah. my obliques, like everything's popping. I think I look my leanest when my obliques yeah. are the tightest. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's an essential muscle, and that came from baseball yeah. because there's so much rotational movement in it. Right, right. You know, yeah. that's one my one knock on CrossFit is there's no rotational movement. Like that's my biggest knock on CrossFit is there's no rotational movement. So if you're going to go into CrossFit to lose weight and, you know, gain muscle, that's not, I don't think that modality is going to work out too well, you know? It depends on the programmer. It depends on, yeah, what kind of worked in for the the accessory type stuff, you know, how to prepare your body before getting into some of those big lifts or, you know, some of the intensity that you do. But that's, again, going back to that breath being a big part of it, if we're, you know, talking CrossFit too, you have to think about the core strength of your, your breath muscle, your diaphragm of being able to control because that, that muscle has two jobs. It should be able to stabilize you and it has to allow you to breathe. Yeah. Okay. And it has to do both at the same time. So if you haven't trained that, what happens then when you go for, you know, some kind of stability, what you have to hold your breath and then you're going to let go of that stability in order to take a breath again. So think about that on like the third round of going into like, you know, thrusters or something like you're literally asking your body, like, do I want to stabilize my core, my back, my spine, <laughs> you know, everything, or do I want to take a breath? So when you're gasping for air, I mean, those are all kinds of things that just need to be considered as far as, I mean, we've kind of gone off on a tangent. On no, but I think, I, no, no, but no, but dude, that's, that's an amazing, that's an amazing point because we had Mohammed Jalabi on the show. He's a, a, yeah. a movement specialist and a physiotherapist out of Bahrain. I think by this time, his episode should have launched by the time we launch this one. So in that episode, he talks about the importance of your breath work and your core and how important it is to train those muscles. And look, if you want to, you know, if you want your squat to jump, I'm swearing by this because it works for me and my body, but my squat went up a good 25 pounds in less than six months, mainly because I ditched the belt and I started working on that breath work, working on that brace work. You know, and keeping, you know, keeping my chest up, bracing through the gut, not breaking down at the bottom of my squat. And lo and behold, you know, I went from a 330 squat in six months, you know, less than six months, actually, to a 360 squat or a 355 to be exact. You know what I mean? So and I attribute that to my breath work because I was able to brace the core. And granted, you know, I use the belt when I go heavy just because of that fear, a little older and everything. But with the belt. I'm able to put another like yeah. 10 pounds on the bar, but without the belt, like it was a buildup without the belt, throw the belt on and max out. And I'm like, holy shit, this, this crap's working, you know? So no, you're, awesome. you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Of course, so important, especially to CrossFitters, you know? And if you do it right, if you follow a decent program or you follow a good modality, you, you, you burn fat and gain muscle. It's simple. You know, the, the recipe is easy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely an easy recipe. Yep. So what about it? You want to jump into yeah. some of the misconceptions then? Yeah, best fat burners, um, movement, like everything that you just talked about movement-wise, uh, strength training, those are going to be 
your best bang for your buck, I guess, if fat loss is something, then find a resistance program, resistance training that it works for you, the level that you're at, one you can grow with. And then the nutrition side, I guess we already kind of tapped on that, but the good healthy fats, I guess, is the, the one thing when it comes to losing fat, yeah. people feel that they need to go that low fat route. And we've talked a little bit about that before of making sure that you get your good source of healthy fats. It's the high sugar and the, the highly processed stuff that's going to cause a lot of the inflammation um, and a lot of that insulin control, which is going to contribute to how you store, store your fat. So good healthy fats, don't fear those. Um, and then I actually have a little, this is a little document we can put in the show notes for you guys, but I have like a little uh, spice list as far as like nutrition. And there's a couple that really are good for like fat burners that are more on like the holistic route because I don't think either of us advocate doing things like pills. Oh, and, no, dude. Come on. Supplements, supplements are the way, man. Ephedra and so. all that crazy no. shit. <laughs> <laughs> like if, you, if, you, if you're not on like... I'm no. <laughs> if, 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 you're, if you're not on like the biggest hype of caffeine, you know, like, dude, that's all fat burner is. It's caffeine. Like you're just really getting caffeine. Like have a couple of cups of coffee. It's probably safer for you than grabbing a fat yeah. burner with, you know, 800 milligrams of caffeine in it. Like there are health hazards. Like when you get some of these fat burners, there should be there should be a health hazard sign on it because if you elevate your heart rate that high and you're an older person, you're looking at a world of trouble. Yeah, yeah, it can be it can be really scary. That and that stuff, a lot of that stuff just isn't regulated the way that it should be. A lot of supplements just aren't. Um, like a lot of uh, I would say chemicals and in, in beauty products and things like that aren't as regulated either. It's I mean, you gotta think about putting that stuff in your body. Like what are you really what are you really ingesting? Because they don't they can they don't have to scientifically show evidence for a lot of what those supplements can do either. So they can put things in there and they can market it however they want. And there's just not a lot of regulation as to what you're putting in your body. It's scary. Or some things that, yeah. you know, maybe um, have been, you know, deemed unhealthy, like, like aspartame is one, like then they can go in and they can change a little bit of something of the structure of it, give it a new name, throw that back in the supplement. I mean, so there's all kinds of different artificial stuff that can be thrown around in those fat burners and supplements that it's just... I just err on the side I, of don't I know, mess I know. With it. Don't, don't don't mess with it. No, it's like read read the label of a slim fast, you know, bottle or whatever the hell it comes in. Yeah. And you'll see like all of the chemicals right. that go into that shit. And it's like, dude, you're putting all that in your body. Like it's just yeah, really. it's not worth it. If anyone's gonna do anything, something that I've used to aid in fat loss has been creatine. Because creatine has been okay. shown to yeah. support muscle growth and you know, like all right. that stuff. So creatine for me has always worked and it's more of a muscle builder than anything specifically for mm. me and not it, creatine won't work for everybody there are some people that just right. don't respond to creatine yeah. but for me luckily thank god like i respond you know like it's a magic pill for my body i don't know why it just works perfectly for me yeah. you know but all the other crap out there like hydroxy cut dude stay okay. away from that shit <laughs> people died on that stuff i think it depends and I think it depends on the volume of training that you're doing too. And again, like what you're trying to prepare for and what you're working towards is, you know, something like supplementing with creatine. Is that necessary? Um, but I, for me, it's real food is always going to win. Yeah, and that's 100%. where I would start. And if you, you're doing that and you're not getting the results that you want, then I would say definitely, you know, consult with someone like a functional nutritionist and kind of see where the missing link is and, and what you can do. But just a couple of takeaways as far as like, if we want to talk natural fat burners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> um, I know what my, my one yeah. or two are. So I want to hear yours and then I'll, I'll see if it's in your list. I guarantee okay. it is. Mine are mostly like spices and herbs. 
So there's a belly fat like burning tea that I'm a fan of, and that's a cinnamon stick. Um, cinnamon does a lot to uh, regulate your blood sugar. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So that's that's one, one of my go tos. Yeah. So belly fat burning tea, we'll call it. I would say a cinnamon stick, um, some ginger, which is your anti-inflammatory, and just boil that for about 20 minutes and then strain it. If you want, like I've done this, I've made like enough for like three or four days ahead of time and I just store it in my fridge and then you can heat up a cup before bedtime or you can drink it cold, however you like. But the the cinnamon and the ginger is a, is a good belly fat burning one. Um, and then I would say, yeah, like if you're going to have like your sweets, desserts and things like that, I'm always a big fan of adding cinnamon to that just because it can, again, help with that blood sugar and that, that insulin response. But cinnamon was something that I've always added to my smoothies in the morning. And I swear to God, like I could tell a difference because uh, I forget where I read it. And it it dulls the response or the the perception in your, I don't know, something in your brain too. I'll find the study. I'll link it in. And that was (laughs) the reason why I tried it. And it was like, holy crap. I don't know if it was mental, but it was like, holy crap, this works. Like I would have my smoothie in the morning with the cinnamon in it. And my hunger was reduced not only from like a you know am i satiated but from a mental side of it too yeah so i mean yeah cinnamon's definitely and that's probably and that's probably you know like i'm assuming you had a good source of protein in your smoothie as well yeah so protein early early on in the morning that helps curb any cravings throughout the day getting in enough protein with breakfast so if your breakfast is something that's just like a piece of bread and some cheese i would look at getting maybe a better source of protein in there in the morning to kind of help keep you satiated and some good healthy fats in there as well. But yeah, that that cinnamon is going to help control that that blood sugar and that insulin response to where it's going to let the protein and the good fats and the healthy carbs and everything do its job. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool that you experimented with. Oh, yeah. And just staying on the, uh, the source of protein in the morning, an easy way to make sure that you're getting good food in the morning. And this is something that I practice a lot because I'm always on the go. I'm waking up at 4.30 in the morning. So you know what I mean? Like I got a hell of a drive and everything. So I always pack my food. And the easiest thing that I found was overnight oats. You know, like I just make my oats the night before. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Throw it in the fridge, put the cinnamon on top of it. When I'm done, you know, I'll put oats, blueberries, raspberries is another fat burning thing. Raspberries, I read a study about raspberries that they have the same type of response with insulin. So it kind of, it makes it easier and it has a fat burning aid. There's a compound in there like raspberry something. I'll put it in the show notes. Sorry. I <laughs> usually I have my notes. <laughs> we didn't notes. know we were going to get into this I, today. I know. I really <laughs> no, did Antioxidant. So that's a good one to have. They, yeah. Berries nice. in general, but raspberries, bananas, blueberries, my oatmeal, you know, on top of that, I'd, you know, put some cinnamon on it, put some water in there. Next morning you wake up, it's like the water's gone and it's, it's actually overnight. So it's, it's pretty good, you know? Overnight oats is one of my favorites. It, and it doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't taste horrible either. You know, if you're putting blueberries no. in there and some bananas and whatever, like it's going to taste good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that and eggs in the morning, like I'd boil eggs the night before. Yeah. And I'd have them the next morning on my way to work, you know, just a boiled egg. You pop it in your mouth while you're driving. It's the easiest thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but yeah. don't, don't go and eat like Seriously. six or seven of them. Yeah. That just doesn't work out too well. <laughs> <laughs> I would say with the cinnamon, on the note of that, cumin is, um, supports, you know, fat burning and digestion. If you pair that with like coriander, coriander is known to help decrease water retention. So like on a pan of like roasted vegetables or something, I like to do a little cumin and coriander blend on that. 
and that's a good another one that kind of supports in the it's a good healthy meal prep and that also supports in the the belly fat burning but the important thing is like you can't just add cinnamon and eat sweets all day you can't just throw some cumin on your vegetables and not move at all during the day or not sleep like this is all something that's going to support what you did to move your body that way so it's like calling this a belly fat burning tea or a belly fat burner in general it's you can't just eat it and that's the end of the story like this is all part of uh, all systems working together so it's digestion wise there are natural things that you can do to help support that but the bulk of it is going to come from your your good nutrition your quality sleep and then your strength training so. and fiber fiber 100 yeah. oh, fiber 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 is a big one like fiber for me was like it was huge like it really helped yeah. me out because when you do start reducing some of the the fats in your diet if you lead a very fat centric diet, like, like saturated fat diet. Once yeah. you start reducing down your, I mean, I don't even know how to put this, your, your bowel movements change, you know? So the fiber in your diet is going to aid in terms of digestion and just like, you know, reducing the bloat a little bit, but too much fiber will cause bloating too. <laughs> so you kind of, it's a fine line. It's a really fine line. It's a fine line. And that's where checking out your poop comes in handy and you know what side of that line you're on. <laughs> exactly. We, You know what? We could have the functional nutritionist back on again just to talk about poop. We got to have an episode talking about that aspect. Talk. I feel like we always end up talking about poop. <laughs> it, it's a natural, normal thing, dude. Got to talk about it. <laughs> It's funny. Have you seen the new? Have you have you seen the dude on Instagram where he has a commercial and it's like him on a toilet with like toilet paper saying you got to investigate your poop to lose weight and I'm like, dude, really? Now you're selling people on this shit, literally. That's hilarious. Hey, but it's not it's not wrong. I know, right? Right. A lot of information being given there. I know, dude, but it's like what is he peddling so that he's selling a program or whatever the hell he's selling to people yeah. to examine their poop. And if you're gonna examine your poop, send it off to a lab. Like don't yeah. Know, like I don't even want to know what this guy's selling, to be honest with you. I really don't. Yeah. So moving we can up. we can tag the poop chart in the in the show notes in this one too. You guys can do a little, <laughs> little self discovery there if you like. <laughs> All right, so I will tag that in the show notes. Oh man, just for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> All the resources. So now, awesome. mis- let's let's go to the misconception questions. Some more of them. We had uh, lifting weights will make okay. women bulky. So these were from these are from listeners as well. Yes, this yeah. was this was all from okay. uh, Instagram when we put on the when Haya put on the story common misconceptions. So one of them okay. was lifting will make women bulky. That is not true. <laughs> <sighs> this one's like, it, it just makes me so, I don't know, not like angry anymore, but like, I just beat my head against the wall. I'm just like, how are we still having this conversation? But yeah, no, it's not true. It is so not true. Like women, first of all, we don't have enough testosterone to make us get bulky in the way that people think. And when you see a woman with a very defined uh, lean muscle mass, um, it's in pictures, I would say it always looks scary. Like I would say a lot of the, if we're going to talk, we've talked a little bit about CrossFit. You look a lot of those CrossFit chicks and you look at some of them and you're like, holy shit, she looks huge. Like her muscles are giant. But then when you see them in real life or you see them in like normal clothes and stuff, like it doesn't look that big. It doesn't look that crazy. So photographs can be can be quite deceiving, but there's not enough testosterone in our bodies to make us bulky. You'd have to bulk up your diet as well if you wanted to bulk up your body. And generally, for most of us that are looking to change our shape or to to gain some some lean muscle, that's not the objective. We're not trying to bulk up our diet as well. 
but lifting makes you burn more calories. And that's just making you bulky is not part of that, that equation. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen. And honestly, you can be yeah. skinny fat. And the worst thing yeah. in the world is having a skinny girlfriend or a wife that just like, she's extremely skinny with like flabby arms. Like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like if you're going in and just <laughs> you have it in your mind, I'm just going to spend hours and hours on the cardio machine. You're going to lose a lot of muscle because your body, you're telling your body, I don't need muscle. I don't need this extra mass on my body. And like, it's wow. like a marathon runner, you know, they're not, they're kind of like. Yeah. If you, if you look at the legs of a marathon runner versus the legs of a sprinter, <laughs> as we were talking about before. I know, yep. Quite different. Quite different. The shape from the, yeah. Yeah. So I'm. But no, but it, it doesn't make you bulky. It's going to change the shape. It's going to lean you out. It takes time. And so I don't think like as soon as they start lifting or lifting heavy is going to make that. Like it takes time to change the shape of your body as well. And again, we talk about all the different, you know, aspects that go into that. It's not just lifting or lifting heavy or how much you're lifting or how often you're lifting. It's again, it's the sleep, it's the nutrition, it's the stress, it's all that. But in, in general, lifting does not make you bulky. If getting bulky is your goal, then there's far are more complicated things that go into making you bulky, but it does not just happen from strength training or from lifting heavy. So yeah, ladies no. lift. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and, and look, when you, when women lift, I think it, it, you know, it changes their confidence levels. I know when Haya started lifting heavy, totally. like her confidence has gone through the roof and you know, this is my, you've seen Haya, she's tiny, like she's a tiny little thing. And she was at this point where she looked extremely skinny and she was going to the gym and she was, you know, doing all that stuff. And then when she started, you know, she started a decent strength program, like her body looks, she looks a lot healthier, if that makes any sense. Like it yeah. just brings a whole new healthier look to your body shape. And you can lift a shitload of weights if you really put your mind to it. Or you can just kind of, you know, just be healthy and just be able to move stuff when you need to. What I find is that the body is totally the byproduct of the benefits of it. Like I would say the number one benefit that most people experience that I'm, most of my experiences in the with getting people new into strength training and women are doing it for the first time. And I would say the biggest benefit that I've noticed through that process is the confidence that it builds. Yeah. And the body totally becomes like secondary. Like they just start to get motivated on more like performance-based of, you know, like what actually can I do with my body and how does this translate to other areas of my life? And where is this confidence, you know, kind of, you know, spreading into in the in the rest of my decision making. And the body totally becomes the byproduct of it. So I think the the confidence is a huge benefit. And and for most people, like wanting to lose the weight, the number one reason they want to lose the weight is to feel more confident. And if confidence is the goal, then I'd say strength training is a great avenue to to explore that. One quick disclaimer though. The results of lifting some more weight may result in you gaining a little bit of extra weight. Like when I've trained clients in the past, especially females, you know, over a month, they would say, right, Oh my God, right. the scale's gone up. You know, I weigh two and a half kilos more, three more kilos. I'm like, dude, you had no muscle. You literally had no muscle. And yeah. you're, you know, why should yeah. you be afraid? Because you're, you know, obviously you're leading a healthier lifestyle. You're watching what you're putting in your mouth. You're putting in the work. You're going to gain a little bit of weight because you're putting on muscle. It's natural. It's completely natural that muscle weighs more than fat. There's that. And, uh, like one of my clients, I can say a good example of that exactly. Like the scale, the scale is so frustrating because it's not going to tell you anything really. It's going to tell you, you know, how much bone, how much water, how much muscle, how much everything is in you. But um, those little jumps that you see, or even not seeing the scale drop a whole bunch. But what was cool was the other measurements, like the arm size, the leg size, the waist size, you know, things like that were drastically dropping. But on the scale, 
there wasn't a whole lot of movement going. And that's what's frustrating because we get worked up in this number and it's like, and for some of them, it's like they're chasing this number that was like three kids ago, <laughs> you know? I know, right? Twenty, right? <laughs> and it's just like, let's like just set the yeah, expectations like, do, do, a little yeah, bit more clear it's, here. It's but, not happening. Yeah, you'll see the shape changes, but you'll see the shape changes for sure. But like, do not get wrapped up in the number on the scale. Um, that was the client that I had. Um, I don't know if you saw the video a long time ago. I had of her smashing the scale. Oh yes, um, I remember that. that. She was always wrapped. That. Yeah, she was always wrapped up in the number on the scale, and I was like, oh my god, we've got to let go of this. So I had her <laughs> smash the scale. That helped. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! And that's she's wh- still doing great. That's Happy why. That's why. That's why I kind of. That's why I kind of scouted you when I saw that video. I was like, oh, all right, I got to get this. This is a partner uh, right here. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is which is awesome because yeah. that that's, that's actually cool. the perfect segue into our next next misconception, which is results are fast. You know, like nothing in yeah. life is fast. Nothing happens overnight, in my opinion. It comes through consistency some patience for sure. And then just being smart. But I would say consistency is probably number one. And I've heard this said before. I don't know who said it originally, but it was like even the worst program in the world done consistently (laughs) is better than doing probably the best program in the world inconsistently. Like you're going to see, see more results, I guess that way. So just being consistent. So if, again, if that's going for your walk every day, if that's, you know, starting off your morning with a good source of protein, if that's whatever it is, it's consistency is the key. And that's where that routine or that ritual that you talk about, that's why that's so effective. So for me, results definitely aren't fast. When I, when when I realized that I had to, you know, get healthier, it Mm -hmm. was definitely a struggle at the beginning because I wouldn't see my body changing. I wouldn't see the scale. And then it turned into me saying, all right, you know what? Screw it. I'm not looking in the mirror. I'm not stepping on the scale for a while. You know, like Mm -hmm. if I'm going to take my body, my body measurements, I want to do body composition, see how much muscle, how much fat I have. And I'm going to judge it based off of that, not the way I'm looking right now, because it's going to determine. Which is an interesting turn, which is an interesting turn because some people will will do that. They'll step on the scale and not see those results like you're talking about. And then that just feeds the story of, well, it doesn't matter what I do. This is just how it's going to be. So it's cool that you were able to like look at that and be like, no, this is a head game. This is messing me up. I need to eliminate this distraction. And here's where I put my attention. So that's, that's a really important lesson. And I honestly, I judged it based on, I judged for me, what worked for me was seeing my muscle go up. And that was my win. Every, what was it? I used to go in every month and I'd step on the uh, in-body scale thing. You know, granted, like it's got like 60 or 75, 70% accuracy, but it's a good measure. It's a good measure. And as long as it's consistent, you can measure from that. And that was my point is I wanted to see the muscle going up and the fat going down. And I wasn't looking in the mirror. I wasn't stepping on any other scale because that would deter me from going to the gym and putting in the work, in my opinion. Like that was my, that was my mindset versus stepping on the scale every day because that's just going to tell you you're losing weight. But I wanted to know I was getting healthier by gaining more muscle. And it took me, I think it was a good solid 10 months to really put off a decent amount of body fat and go from, I think it was at 32% or 34% of, you know, my total, I was obese. I was clinically yeah. obese. Like I was a fat ass, <laughs> you know, like that was just like, there's nothing wrong with being overweight, but for me, it wasn't healthy and I know it wasn't. And when I could hold up my old pants right now and fit into one side, there's something wrong. Yeah. There was something wrong with that picture back in the day, you know, but a lot right. of, a lot went into it. I had to fix myself mentally also. 
You know, I had to deal with certain, yeah, I had to deal with certain demons. I was eating my problems away. Why was I eating? I had to find out that question. Once I found that out, it just helped my consistency in the gym over a 10 month period and dropping around 30 kilos, which was to me, that was a lot. And I was like, I was happy at the end of it because I did it right. I didn't have all this extra skin. I didn't have all this crazy bad shit going on with my body. Like, yeah, you can do that in a couple months. You could do that in three months, but how healthy is it? What are you going to put your body through? That's a lot of shock. And then you're going to come out of it. And that's the biggest, like you, you touched on that really well. And talking about like, I'm doing this for my health because a lot of people confuse aesthetics and health to be the same thing. And that's not necessarily, like, not necessarily true. And the weight gain is not just a matter of, of the food and of the movement. And as you said, it's a lot of the mental shit too. You know, how do I think about myself? How do I talk about myself? But then what am I, you know, avoiding or struggling with that I'm, it's easier to supplement with food and all these other things that are going to boost my mood and boost my happy hormones and stuff so that I don't have to face and deal with the things that I don't want to deal with. There's a lot that goes into it. But for most people, I'd say 100%, you mentioned 10 months. I think that's why the most successful program that I run with people is a year. It takes a year. Yeah. I would say in most cases to to get through a lot of that of the of the mental side of things to kind of build those routines and build yep. those habits and you have to think too like you're not trying to go from 0 to 100%, you know, straight away and that's the thing with people when they get make a change and do something they try to go from 0 to 100 and then what happens? It's like 3 weeks in, they're burnt out, they're tired, they're frustrated, they're not seeing the drop on the scale, they're not seeing the changes in their clothes or they just feel tired, they feel maybe more irritable than what they were like And so then it just feeds that story of like, it doesn't matter what I do. This is just how it's going to be. And so then they go back to the old way. Whereas taking a year approach, you can space that out a little bit more. You can break the habits down a little bit more. You can focus on smaller things at a time and build up to some of the more challenging habits and discussions and things that you want to face. So depending on, you know, what your goal is and how much, you know, weight you're looking to lose or whatever the performances you're looking for, I think for most people, like, just be patient with yourself. And I think a year is not not that long. It goes by pretty quick, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a lot longer than what people are hoping for. They want to come in, you know, 12 weeks before a wedding or 12 weeks before, you know, something else. And they want to, they want to crash their way into, into getting the body because they're confusing that aesthetics and health to be the, the same thing. Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, you could do a crash diet and odds are you're either going to, like you said, you're going to get hurt, burnt out or, you're going to have something go wrong with your health. And I've seen it happen before. I've definitely seen it before. And you you just got to be smart about it. Like you definitely have to be smart about it. I mean, I'm building a house. I've been building a house for a year and a half. Like you can't build a house in a night. If you could and it was that easy, then great. But it's it's the same concept. You know, there are certain things that have to go into the foundation. And if you take care of all that stuff, it's just going to spiral into something. You can't cut corners. Yeah, you don't want to cut corners. <laughs> I know. In the land of cutting corners, everyone cuts corners in Kuwait, dude. Like, right. it's like everyone wants that magic pill. Dude, there really isn't. Unless you're going in, like, even gastric bypass, there's work to do in that. You know, like, like I've known people that have gotten gastric, gastric bypass. And the ones who have done it right, there was a lot of work. Like, one of the guys that I knew did it right. He went to a psychologist, found out what his problems were. And I mean, he was like morbidly obese. And he said the mental part, the mental side of it was the biggest obstacle. And when he found out why he was eating 
and then he stopped eating as much, but he didn't see any of his results changing. That's why he turned to gastric bypass. And now he's doing pretty good. He's doing really well for himself. Yeah. You know, mentally, he's in, yeah. he told me the other day, he's like, mentally, I'm in a really good place right now. So, I mean, that has a the video that CrossFit put out recently. Sorry, I think their audios are overlapped a little bit. So I don't mean to be cutting you off if I am. <laughs> like, sounds like there's a pause and then I jumped in. <laughs> but no, CrossFit just put out a video recently um, talking about the gastric bypass. And this is my friend Jazzy. CrossFit just put out this video talking about gastric bypass. And it's, and it's my friend Jazzy, who's from Qatar, um, was a big guy doing CrossFit. And the results, you know, were coming, but it was a slow process. Um, and so he went in for the gastric bypass and dropped a bunch of weight actually because that, you know, side effect of the gastric bypass, but however, he hadn't done a lot of the nutritional habits and a lot of them. And he saw at that point then to work with a nutritionist specifically on his habits to kind of work through some of that psychological stuff. And now he's doing it like the natural way, um, and is having incredible results and it's staying off and it's been an amazing journey. And he's, he's such an addition to, to me and a lot of other people, but it's just interesting. like he had the surgery and then he ended up gaining the weight back and then had to go back and do it the right way. And the right way was, you know, just being patient with yourself and the consistency and then being able to face, again, that mental side, not dissociating the, the emotional and the physical stuff um, all in one, but it came down to building really good. We'll tag that video in the notes there too, probably. I feel like we've got a lot of good resources for people if they're looking to get back into I know, fitness. Right? Back yeah. Into the gym. yeah, this is going to be a good a lot, one. A lot of inspiration coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? All right, so I, let's go with the last misconception of, or two more misconceptions. I think we already hit on carbs are not bad for you. Shitty carbs are bad for you. Like, not We've shitty, touched on but, it before in our, in our nutrition ones. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... You have to look at carbs not as good or bad or can I have them or can't I have them. I think just look at them as better or worse. And the whole fresh food type, um, those are going to be better. And then the highly processed ones are going to be your worst ones. So I think just decide what side of the line of quality do you want to be on. So you need carbs. You're, you need that for energy. Your body functions very well with it. It knows what to do with that information. But again, it knows what to do with the whole food form of it, not the highly processed form of it. So look at carbs as uh, better or worse and not as yes or no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you have a different mindset. I look at carbs as some of them are shitty and some of them are good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like the Doritos. Are, that's it, better or worse. Yeah. 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 I mean, for, for me, like yeah. the Doritos are just bad for you. <laughs> like stay away from that shit. That would be worse. Yeah. A hundred percent. And this goes back to the whole, you know, analogy of like the, the bag of Doritos, like they are, they are made in a lab. They are designed to taste good. And so that you can eat a bunch of them because you can crush a bag of Doritos. No problem. But like, could you eat an entire bag of potatoes? Like, no. I kind of can. I kind of <laughs> did the other day, to be honest you with you. Would, <laughs> you would stop after one, <laughs> you know? I ate, I ate a whole bag of potatoes the other day. Like literally, I think I had like 14 potatoes, cut them all up, roasted them in the oven. And I just mowed. I want ham on them, dude. I love potatoes. <laughs> like, it's so bad because you can kind of like, too much of anything. Okay, is bad still analogy. Bad. I know, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm straightforward. I'm an honest person. Right. Like, dude, like, yeah, I love potatoes. They're just yeah. good, man. <laughs> like, they're just good. It's like in my. But I will pool. say that eating eating a bag of potatoes probably didn't do the damage that eating a bag of Doritos. Oh, at yeah. least your body still knows. Like, I mean, it's going to store that information away, but at least it's better information to store than the science that yeah made the Doritos. Hundred percent. I just say go listen to episode two. Don't diet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just go yeah. listen to that episode. Yeah. We we hit on that pretty well. Yeah. 
And then the last, yeah, the yeah. last misconception someone wrote out was you don't need a coach. And which is true. I don't think you always need a coach. It depends on your goals. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier and what we were talking about earlier. I think people need to believe that they can be the best coach that they're ever going to have. And that really starts with just getting to learn your own body and by listening and paying attention. You know, so how often are you putting yourself on override? And that's going to come through, you know, lack of sleep, poor nutrition, and not moving. Your body is meant to move and it wants to move. So I think give yourself the opportunities to explore some of that, whether that's a gentle walk, whether it's just some stretching, whatever it is, and start to learn a little bit more, take inventory of your own body and how you feel in that. But again, a coach can be a great place to start if you are really lost. You know, maybe you've never done it before and you just want a little bit of guidance. But understand that the personal responsibility comes in with that. Like, so you hire the coach, the coach doesn't make the decisions for you. That's one hour out of your day, maybe one day a week, maybe two days a week. Even if it's every day, it's still only one hour out of that day. And there's a whole lot of other decisions that come into play that your coach isn't in control of. So use a coach if you want a little guidance. A little you know, extra no, motivation. Depending on what your goals are and what you what you want to get to. Right, right. I think just, you know, and help outlining that process because it is a trial and error process. So if you want some help, in that process and outlining that out, then 100% get a coach and get some support. There's no shame in asking for help. And I think a lot of people probably struggle and this is where they cycle into you know, doing the crash diets and the poor nutrition and the high intensity stuff every single day where they end up getting to an injury because they were too afraid to ask for help. So I think there's nothing wrong with getting a coach, but just understand there's a lot of personal responsibility that comes along with it. But that's the job of a good coach is that they're going to help instill that in you. They're not going to make you believe that they're doing it all for you. So that's that's where I stand on the, the coach aspect. Yeah. And, and I think there's nothing wrong with it. But And from a budget perspective, if you don't have the budget, there are plenty of good free resources out there. Athlean X right. is one that we've already mentioned. Mind Pump is another really good one out there. You know, they talk a lot about, you know, the right way, so to speak, of doing things, you know, and there are a million different ways. But if you're if someone promises you to lose 100 pounds in 30 days, that's really not going to happen. So run away. <laughs> judge, judge your resource responsibly, you know, like judge the resource say, responsibly. And, right. And you have to look at it, too. It's just like we were talking about with the gym memberships earlier. Like if you want a coach and you're saying that you can't afford it. Yes, there's a ton of free resources out there, but also like. Just think of the investment that you're willing to make. And this is an investment in your health. And if having a coach for a year's time to help you get into that routine and, and you know learn as much as you can about your body and get you self-sufficient with it, then again, go back to that kind of filter question of what are the things I might need to say no to in order to invest in my health this way. So there's no wrong way to go about it. Like just start you know, doing something, whether it's the walking, stretching, talking to someone. I do free consultations if anybody just wants a little bit of yeah, a little bit of help of resources of where to go and, and what to learn. We can jump on calls for that. We've got loads of information coming through this podcast that will direct you in the right place, uh, wherever, whatever direction that is. Yeah, th- that totally cut off, by the way. <laughs> like it totally cut off. Damn it! It totally cut but off. But got it on my end, so we should be, yeah, but but he, we should he, be okay, he yeah? He, can't, got it on my he end. can't always use your end. That's the problem. So for the listeners, yeah, Meg just totally like spit out some really good information, but the internet connection as usual sucks. <laughs> so it's gonna totally cut it out. You um, want me to retry? <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, we'll we'll throw all the resources into the show notes and you know, at the end of the day, like I hope you guys got some good information out of this. I thought it was a good show. It was packed full of a lot of information, <laughs> you know. For seasoned athletes yeah. and non seasoned athletes. Yeah. 
I think, yeah, just main takeaway. I don't know if it got in there or not, but I would say, yeah, the health, your health is an investment. So decide what you need to start saying no to, what you need to start saying yes to in order to, to get to your best health. So uh, yeah, I think some awesome information. I'm excited to put those resources in there and get some more questions from you guys. And thanks for making the time to chat with me. It's always Yeah, dude, it was awesome. It was nice dude, after a little break. It's always good to reach out to like the future world <laughs> or the forward thinking <laughs> world. <laughs> but literally, you guys are the ones in the future. We're behind time here. <laughs> Dude, really? I don't know about that, man. Like, I have no idea. But um, no, it's always good. Thanks, Meg. And thank you guys. And if you All have right, any questions, you. DM us and, you know, we'll tackle them on the show like we did tonight. I think this was a good episode. So Hell keep yeah. the questions coming, guys. Oh, reviews. We'll read that. We'll read that later. All right. We'll do it in the intro, everybody. Thanks again. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you and join us next time.